0: After the trip, I printed a new business card, and I turned my title because I had my own company. I could be whatever I wanted. I became um, co-founder and keeper of calm. And I would hand these business cards. So I told everybody in the in the office, like, guys, I don't know how this is going to work. I said, but I'm going to try something. I am now. I am now the keeper of calm. I, I don't know that I. I don't know that I was a tyrant, but I was still pretty much a control freak, and I would steamroll things and do a number of things at that point. But it was also at home. Um, at home I was um, I'm sure I overreacted I I came again remember I came from a long line of verbal abusers
1: you're listening to the find the story podcast where we seek to build a diverse community passionate about making the world a better place to live work and to play by learning to listen we invite our guests to be vulnerable as we listen in on their story and hopefully realize we have more in common than we might have originally thought In this episode, we hear from my friend and colleague, David Schenberg, affectionately known as the Keeper of Calm. Hey, Lance. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy New Year to you, too. I appreciate you taking the time to be on the podcast and tell your story. Let's begin with uh, kind of where you grew up. Tell me about where you came from. Talk about kind of where you were born, parents, siblings, all that good stuff. Right on.
0: Um, So I'm a nice Jewish boy from West County, born and raised. Right on. And, um, you know, while Judaism is definitely part of my identity, I also identify myself as a father of two boys. Adam, who's 20, Ben, who's 22, a husband of 26 or more years to Randy. Or more. Is that because you're confused? You're not really it's, sure what it is? It's, it's more like than 26. So OK, fair enough. And we've been together, you know, obviously more than that. We didn't like right. we didn't get married that day. That's probably a common thing. Thread
1: of marriage, especially yeah. in
0: Judaism, yeah. Okay, fair. So it yeah. wasn't arranged. I found her. She found me. You know, normal meeting at a bar kind of story. Oh, really? Yeah. How How did you meet? Um, so on Christmas Eve, when all of my Christian friends are you know with their families around the tree and whatnot, yes, the Jews go to TGI Fridays. The the single Jews. Is this a real thing? It is that, a real okay. thing. I think it might still go on, although
1: I wouldn't know. This was twenty six eight years ago yeah TGI Friday is probably not the the hangout but probably somewhere in that territory I hope it's not yeah
0: right but a big group of us there were like 26 of us around a big table a couple friends invited their friends okay and we just wound up sitting next to each other at dinner and awesome
1: and the rest is history as they say of course nice so All right. I also, so you,
0: I also have two brothers Oh, cool. Yep. Um, and my mom lives here and we've got cousins and older brothers, younger two, brothers, two older, I'm the youngest of okay. three. Nice. How, how does that show up in who you are? Um, the funny answer is, you know, I'm the youngest, so I got, I get everything. Right? Okay. Yep. I'm spoiled. 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 Yeah. Got everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the first two wore out my mom and dad. So by the time it got to me, it was, you know, what, do whatever you want. Sure. Ride your bike to some random place. We don't even, right.
1: you know, I mean, they care, but yeah, of course, whatever. Yeah. There's an old saying, like, because my wife is the youngest of three as well. And it's something like, I'm the reason we have the rules. I broke, broke all the rules and the rules don't apply to me for the third. So I've seen versions of that. Yeah. So I told you
0: that was the funny answer. The more serious answer is, um, and probably part of a longer conversation we might have is, um, I used to joke with my brothers and obviously more not joke, but in seriousness, we had three different dads. Okay, not biologically speaking, right? But because and and it's not that I'm that many years apart from my oldest to middle and young and and youngest. There's seven years between my oldest, four years between my middle, and then there's me. Mm -hmm. And during that seven years, um, my mom and dad went through a lot of hardships financially. Okay. And so it's so the Schenberg name for people who are probably over the age of I don't know, maybe 55 or 60, um, there used to be a chain of markets
1: um, in the St. Louis, Louis area. Okay. Yeah,
0: the I think the the one that was kind of most recognizable is the one that was in U City at the end of the Loop trolley. So where the trolley that no longer operates uh, currently ends is right across the street from where one nice. of the last Shenberg's markets was.
1: Yeah, that trolley was a great field experiment, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's great in theory. And the cool thing is, I'm surprised it didn't tie into the fact that it's across the street from what used to be a, you know, a supermarket. Sure. Um, so at any rate, my dad thought he was going to have a career in the grocery business like his uncle's and, and you know, his grandparents' age and so on. And within, like, months of signing the documents on a new home in Orchard Lakes and starting his, you know, got his three boys, he basically is told the business is shutting down.
1: Oh, Excellent. Good times. And are you around by this point? Were you? I mean, I am age 0. 0.02. OK, got it. He's got a brand new third baby. Yeah, nice.
0: And he finds out, no, sorry, no work for you. OK. And he has to start himself a new career
1: in insurance. And the stress must have been unbearable. OK, so which which dad is this for you? Is this the third dad or this is the this? Dad that my oldest brother would, was estranged from. So, He's, so it's,
0: so, so you, just so you know, my dad passed, um, a couple years ago. Right. Right. Um, so for that brother, um, you know, there's a bunch of stuff I'm sure no one will talk about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's his story. Maybe we'll have him on someday too, but, uh, maybe, yeah,
0: <laughs> that would be probably therapeutic.
1: Yeah. Um, that's uh
0: so maybe, it, maybe not it, worth recording
1: as, <laughs> as you are your point two at this point when do when do you reach an age where you start kind of building that relationship with your dad and realizing kind of whichever dad it is that you experienced
0: um, probably not until I'm eight to ten years old okay so he went through some pretty hard times um, I'm fairly certain there was a little bit of physical abuse um, by the time I went through my middle brother it was more verbal abuse and by mm-hmm. the time it got to me it was just Straight up, you know, I'd I'd observed and received a fair amount of verbal abuse.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Um, So. Yeah. And he worked a lot. You know, of course, he worked a million hours
0: a week and he was barely there. But when he was available, he fished, you know, he he tinkered. He was a tinkerer, which is another part of my story. But yeah, um, I was the only one out of the three brothers that would consistently go fishing with him as I got older.
1: Was that you're doing trying to kind of build that relationship with him or was it, sure it? Yeah, because I didn't really enjoy fishing. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, let's pause there. I'm sure we'll come back to some of those things, sure. but let's pause there. Um, one of the things I like to talk to people about, and you probably know this about me, is various personality assessments and things. So Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, DISC, any of those you've taken? Yeah, I, you know, I I appreciate
0: that you asked some questions or at least prepared Prepare your your uh, your podcast guests with what you're going to
1: ask. Right, so, I, I try know. to do my best. <laughs>
0: Spoiler alert. Yeah, right. Um, so
1: it's not that hard if you want to come on and tell your story. There you go. <clears throat> uh, no, and these are great questions, by
0: the way. I appreciate that you did that. Um, so when right before you and I met, um, when I took the job at Asynchrony, um, I was go. I was working with a coach or someone who was training to be a coach. Cool. Like a career coach, life coach? Yes, sure. all of the above? All the above. Okay. Um, a, a fantastic woman, great mentor. I'd been working with her in the community, doing these events in the Jewish community. And she's just an amazing, I'll you know, say her name, Marcy Mayer Eisen is her name, and she's fantastic. Excellent. And when she was going to get her coaching um, certification, she had to have some students to practice with. And so mm-hmm. she sent me through a Myers Briggs, a more modern version. And um, I had I, I didn't know this by heart. I'm an ESFJA. Okay. Which is called a console. Okay. Which closest cousin to the straight up Myers Briggs as caregiver. Okay. Gotcha. And so I didn't understand. I mean, I knew I've known what Myers Briggs is for years. Yeah, yeah. When I read the the description under the more modern version of it, it did was, you relate to it? Oh, it was like like a palm reading. Yeah. It, nice. it was almost uncomfortable. Especially uh, on the weaknesses section.
1: Right. I'm like, oh, how do they? That's how most of these show up. How? Yeah. On earth. So an ESFJ, that's uh, that's extrovert, that's sensing, that's feeling and judging, right? So all of those show up in different ways. Right. But looking at the weaknesses, that's what you relate to the most and kind of the description of those things.
0: Well, it was just, that was to me is what like kind of like cut to the core. Right. I was like, ah, they know me. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, now, granted, that was right when I started that job. Mm-hmm. Um, I should probably take it again, because you know as well as I do, the work that we get to do, it changes you. It makes you more self-aware. It uncovers biases. It it it, it, it makes you a better person. I mean, I, t- to think that I can have a job that makes me a better me
1: is right. amazing. So, tell me about the job then. To, so, career-wise, you're currently, we are colleagues, so I know the answer to that. But what are you doing currently? Um, so currently, I'm I'm still acting as a business innovation consultant, which
0: means I facilitate difficult conversations with Fortune 100 to Fortune 500 clients of worldwide technology.
1: Yeah. And so what what is the career path to that point? What does that look like? I mean, I started as a graphic designer, journalism
0: student, uh, print shop, um, apprentice, uh, learned typography and all of that when it was still like being done by hand mm-hmm. and crossed over the digital divide in 1984 as the first Mac came out yeah. and rode that wave as a digital art director and, and had a whole career doing that and then crossed over into selling all the technology that I had been using. I got okay. someone convinced me I could make more money and they were mostly right. Right. Um, I do wonder sometimes what would happen if I'd stayed on the design path where would I be today? What would I? Yeah.
1: Be? There's, there are plenty of those moments in life where you look back and like, what if I had taken that path and where we, there's some alternate universe where that exists? Well, so I I come from a long line of entrepreneurs. Okay. I mean, the Schenberg's markets,
0: right. my dad being a kind of a self-made guy in the insurance business. My brother owns a very successful auto repair shop. You know, we, the Schenberg's don't necessarily work for other people. They do their own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I was convinced that that was what I was going to have to do. So have to do. That's yeah. an interesting statement. I want to hang out there have, for a second. I had to do it. I just had to give it a try at some point.
1: Yeah. Cause it's in the blood. It's, it's who you are. Right. Okay.
0: Um, and I mean, looking back, I'm glad that I did, although that was very hard. I, I ran my own. I, I started up a company with a guy that I met while still in sales. He was heading up all of the digital side of a, of a, of a house and I, I, I was on the sales side. So right. Okay. So we came together over this job, found out within weeks so we had the exact same birthday. Oh, wow. Not year, but day. Okay. And so we were like fast friends. Yeah. Clearly, we got along. It was you know when you're the same sign and all that mess. If you want to right, call it, yeah, yeah, little, the, zodiac, yeah little zodiac action in there, action, yeah, yeah exactly. So um, we eventually started a company called Busy Event, and it was in the event space where I had spent some time doing live events, you know, trade shows, big, you know multi-thousand events and where you wear a badge and check in at a kiosk and do all that stuff.
1: Right. So what was your role in those events and things from a company perspective, individual perspective?
0: Yeah. So we we developed a technology system that took care of registration, getting your badge from a kiosk on site. Okay. Um, we were, before there were smartphones, we were doing interactive work with little key fob things that we kind of hijacked another system and developed a software for it. Where you could actually punch some buttons on a thing and meet people and collect oh, nice. information. Okay. It all went to a personal URL page or a Perl page, if you remember those. Nice, those the big, yep. big thing back in the yep. day. And eventually, smartphones came out, and we developed mobile apps for cool. you know, supporting lab events, which we all expect to just get one now when we yeah, go to event. Right, right, yeah. So we we were um, for nine years. We ran that company. It it pretty much wrecked my personal finances. Tell me more. And and I should say it wrecked our personal finances, but it really wrecked mine. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The company should have ended at five years. Okay. But because I'd raised money and because I had 30 or 40 investors, some of which some of the larger names in town, um, I was fortunate to be introduced to the father of some good friends of ours, a guy named Alan Esman, And he was a tremendous mentor for me. I probably learned
1: more from Alan than I did my own father. Wow. And they they both passed within the same year. Oh wow! Some place we could hang out there for a little bit too. Yeah. And what impact that had on you? So Alan's the reason why the company went on as long as it did. He, you know, he kind of pushed me on. Was it was it pushing just encouragement? Was it financially pushing? What, what was the all of it, encouragement? All okay, of it. you know, we'd run out of money, and magically, we'd somehow come up
0: with some more money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we're not gonna make payroll in three weeks. What are we gonna do? And then you know something would happen. It would just kept going.
1: So when you say should have ended at five years, um, was that client base? What, what was, what, why should it have ended at five years? What kept you going? Was it the obligation to the investors? And (laughs) it was a lot of things. Um, the regret
0: was it should have ended before I decided, I decided, I decided, but we decided my wife reluctantly to, um, to dip into the 401k. Okay. That, that, that was, should have been, that's the, a moment. That should have been the moment to say, eh, wait a minute. Right. Um, now having done that, I, when I pulled that money out two days later, the market crashed. That's bad timing. No, it was actually good timing. Took all the money out.
1: Oh, cause you, the market yeah, cause you crashed. took
0: them. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So you had it in my cash my, as opposed to time, in the market. Smith yeah, yeah. Barney yeah. guy. He called me up after I did it. First of all, he encouraged me not to because yeah. of the penalties. Although the, the company was taking such a loss, the penalties were minimal. Right. Um, but he called me like a couple of days afterwards. He's like, well, "Why didn't you tell me you knew?"
1: I'm yeah. like, I <laughs> "Right? What? Yeah. Like you knew my to company for
0: us. Knew my company was failing, and I needed money? Yeah. Goes, no, your timing was impeccable.
1: Yeah. Wow. Fascinating. Maybe. How much money did you have in there? Maybe you caused the market crash with right. would you pull? Uh, yeah. It was, no, that's it was nominal. Fair enough. Um, so then, you, you kept the company going out of you know some sort of need and obligation to do so. Was this still part of the motivation of I have to do my own thing? No, or? that it, at some level it becomes golden handcuffs. Yeah, it's more yeah, yeah. what
0: you I think alluded to earlier, which is you have investors, you have you you, re, you feel responsible for other people's money, the livelihoods of the eight to ten employees that are that you're kind of stringing along. Yeah. On the promise that this thing's going to pay. And you, you've, by this point, you've convinced them that those shares that you got along the way are going to be worth something someday.
1: Yeah. Um, and it's then, <laughs> then they're not, it's funny cause I was, this is a little insight into how bizarre I am, um, was watching an interview with Dr. Oz and, uh, John Gosselin. You remember the Gosselin's of John and eight, John and Kate oh, yeah. plus eight, yeah. that yeah. whole family. Um, and so his John's, gag order of 10 years has apparently been lifted so now he can talk about kind of his exit from the show and his divorce and everything else because he was run through the ringer in Mm. in the media 10 years ago um but he made a statement on there which was um they were making apparently 167 million per quarter for the network and so their personal lives paled in comparison to the revenues that they were generating for the company. Got it. And so it was this weird thing, like, do I choose myself or do I choose $167 million per quarter? And of course, the company is going to be like, well, you're a product now. Mm-hmm. And so it was It was just kind of interesting kind of hearing his perspective on that as well. So anyway, weird tangent, but related in some way, I no, think. No,
0: I mean, I, I, I can see why that kind of sparked that memory in your mind. I mean, yeah. That golden handcuffs probably comment. You know, at that point, you know, how do you unshackle yourself? Yeah. Right. So for for me personally, we were trying to find a liquidity event. We were trying to exit. That was the whole goal. It's the whole goal right. of a startup. Otherwise, you have a lifestyle business, and there's nothing wrong with that, except for the investors who expect a return. Yeah, and so more you, than just dividends.
1: Yeah, you can't really just close it. You have to you have to sell it off, or or it dies parts. Yeah. Yep. And so we were very close to a
0: liquidity event, and when that fell apart. I picked up the phone and called Alan and I said, I, I can't do this anymore. I can't, I, I, I got kids that are about to start college. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I, I've got things coming and I don't know how I'm going to pay for it. And this company just isn't, it isn't providing.
1: And, yeah.
0: And I can't in good conscience spend the rest of the money we have left chasing this thing. And, um, nobody argued, nobody complained, not one, even the people I thought were going to like cause trouble. Everybody was like, you did your best. Mm-hmm. Appreciate I mean, it was all very supportive. It was much easier than my mind had me thinking it was going to be. Yeah. Now the hard part was cleaning up the mess of the financials. Of course, yeah. How, how yeah, personal yeah. I was personally tied to a number of things. Yeah. Um, that was messy. That was painful. Um, Did, yeah,
1: was the was that related to like company structure? As you look at how you structure that company and and no, LLCs like my, and no, S, S corps like and like you had loans. Gotcha. My name on loans. Gotcha.
0: My name on credit. It's always cards. a risky move. Well, that's the only way they'll give you. I mean, the only way they'll anyone will give you money, right. is with a personal guarantee yeah. or some kind of. I mean, you know how to. I mean, of course, yeah. I've the rules started of borrowing money have yeah, not yeah. changed. Yep. Banks need to know they're going to have a way to get their money back. Yeah, of course. And um. You know, as good a mentor and friend as Alan was, I never asked him to put his name on anything. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do that. Yeah. And he wouldn't do that. He, he, he was a smart businessman. Right. Of course. Yeah. He, he made his money being smart. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Not uh, putting his name on, you know, taking flyers on businesses. So reflecting back on that, then, as um, you look at the success or failure of however you define kind of the learning experience of starting the business, going running the business and then and you know, at the point of shutting it down, what, what would you say is like the biggest learning that you took away from it?
0: Somewhere along the way of those nine years of running the company, I, I went through a transformation personally. Um, I was trying much like I had in most of my life. I was trying to control too many things, you know, it's,
1: okay.
0: I mean, how many, how many young men are you going to talk to and or think of yourself of, you know, when you think of yourself in the 20s, your 20s and 30s, and even maybe into your 40s, feeling like you need to control? Yeah. You have to have the wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think almost universally, old, older age, old age comes with a certain amount of uh, it, certainly wisdom, but calm, patience. Um, I don't know how it happens. I think it generally happens for most people in some yeah. way. And for me, I had worked early on with, um, a guy named Jim when we were, when I worked at Darcy in the advertising agency, okay. Jim and I worked in the digital art studio together. Um, he ran it and I worked for him.
1: I like just a guy named Jim. Guy that's named a, Jim. that's I'll how you know him. It that. That's
0: his identity. Now, Jim, Jim was, uh, was and is a deeply religious person. Um, very connected spiritually, Um, We would have groups of us would go out for breakfast every Friday morning before work downtown before we go into into the into the shop. Right. And we'd have just hang out breakfast. Is he
1: also Jewish
0: or okay, This is where the Old Testament, New Testament thing comes in. Gotcha. Yeah. So Jim, being a good mentor of mine, said something to me early on in my career. He goes, David, you you have a unique way of seeing a person, reading a person and deciding within minutes whether or not they're of any use to you. And when he first said that to me when I was in my early, mid-20s, I thought, oh, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I'm a really good judge of character. Right. Later on, what I realized, what he was saying was, you're not giving people a chance. <laughs> I, yeah. You're basically snap judgment and off you go.
1: Yeah, yeah. You're, you're no use to me, so I, I don't want to have anything to do with you.
0: And so later on, see, he moved out to Colorado um, to go work for, I've told you about Jim, I think, because he works for Southern Baptist Ministry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was planting churches for a living. That's what he did for the church in the front range of Colorado. And so I started traveling more for work because we were doing events and I reconnected with Jim. And at the time, he was taking groups up 14ers in Colorado. Wow. You know, mountains above 14,000 feet.
1: Yeah. But I'll get list, but never going to happen for me. This, I don't have the whatever it takes to do those. I don't have it. Well, for, so for me, I had been spinning, I had been a spin instructor now for like three
0: or four years and okay. I really built up the heart strength and the leg strength. And he's like, you know, if you've been spinning as much as you say you have, you should be able to do a 14 or like no problem. And so I'm like, you know what, let's do it. And so I, I went out there coming or going from some event I was running in Vegas probably. Right. And, um, we did our first one together and, um,
1: was, First, you've done more since? I've done
0: since. Some Excellent. with Jim and, and some otherwise. I think he and I have done three together. Um, but it was Gray's Peak, um, which is a, a good starter peak, I think, for people, which is why he took me there. And we were sitting on top of Gray's. We'd made it. And I won't tell the whole story of going up and down. That's like for another like time. Yeah, right. We're at the top of this peak. We're sitting as like close to God as you're going to get, like physically.
1: Yeah, right, yeah. Not
0: spiritually or mentally, close, but like close to the heavens. Proximity, right? Yeah. And um, Jim, he he must have saved this question for the top of the mountain.
1: <laughs> like orchestrating this moment. You've got the view. You're yeah, above the clouds. Thin, my yeah. mind's
0: a little loopy. I'm yeah. trying
1: to pound snacks to regain my energy. And
0: um, several things I still remember to this day that I use as sayings that came from that particular hike. But the one thing he asked me was, if you could change one thing about your life right now, what would it be?
1: Hmm. How'd you answer?
0: Um, It took me a while to kind of come to the ultimate answer, but I told him that um, I would like to be more calm. I would like to be able to kind of be able to slow
1: things down and be calm. So what slow things down? What does that look? Because to me, it's, you know, there's mental stress. There's physical stress. There's uh, you look at my life right now, I have my hands in a lot of things. I'm doing a lot. I could see calm in that. I can see calm and I have a short temper. How does that what did that mean for you then? What does it mean for you now? So back then it was this was like at the heart of
0: when the company was like at the crossroads. It was must have been like must have been that five year mark when when I I probably and maybe maybe you know now that I say it out loud maybe that talk with Jim and what came after it was what part of what allowed the company to go another four years. Wow. Okay. So I hadn't thought about that until this particular meandering conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. got to here and. So he said, "That's to me, what we're here for." You know. No, I so. appreciate <laughs> it. Um, you should charge by the hour, therapy. Um, he he said to me, "He said, well, what's keeping that from happening? Like, why can't you do that?" And I started, you know, I started giving the laundry list of stuff that was going on. You know, I got this, I got that, I got that money and this and company. And he goes, "Well, okay, you didn't really answer the question though." He goes, well, "Like, why? Why can't you be calm? Why can't mm-hmm. you just be calm?" Uh, like, I don't. I don't know why I can't be calm. That
1: he goes, "Okay." Let's let's take a minute here and unpack that. That's such an interesting statement. We talk about this. I'm sure we've talked about this a little bit. The statement of why can't you just like there's this external thing and we're always caught up in our own whatever it is we're caught up in. And so somebody external saying, why can't you just for me personally, I hear, well, you're not me. So I I can't just because there's all this other stuff you don't know. So how do you react to that statement? Um, I don't remember how I reacted. I remember the outcome. OK, so the, it's the, probably more important. The outcome was
0: we got back down the mountain. And um, by the way, the saying that goes with that for people who are going to go hike or do something that's long or, or arduous, um, it's not about getting to the top. It's about getting back to the car. Fair points, <laughs> <So>. Yeah, because <laughs> people get summit fever. He was talking about summit fever because we got to yeah, 13,000 yeah. feet. And that's when the breathing really starts to get a little harder, depending yeah, on how you course. are. And there's a great view at 13,000 feet of Grays. Beautiful. And it was a beautiful day. Now, there was the threat of rain. So we were kind of in a hurry to mm-hmm. get back down at some point. But at this point, it's still nice. Yep. Just tuck and roll. And that's he, all and you got to do. Yeah, he, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 14,000 feet of tuck and roll. No, no that doesn't work. It okay. Does not work. Now, you're not going back to zero. You're going back to like, you know, 8,000 or 8,000 yeah, sure. or whatever it is. So. Um, he said, there is no shame in stopping right now at this point he goes, this is, the view doesn't get that much better because hmm. you don't, the only thing you don't get is the, you don't get to hold the sign that Check the said, box. you know, you did this. Yeah. So, I, you know, depending on what kind of guy you are, um, I do this all the time. I don't need to summit. If you don't want to summit today, if today's not your day, yeah. don't. Was it just the two of you yeah, or the, okay. just the two of us yeah. that day? We summit, <clears throat> of course, because I'm yep. that kind of guy. Yeah. Like I'm going to do it, I guess. <laughs> um, worst blister of my life. Um, that's a whole nother story too. So anyway, <laughs> that, that's what came of that. So after the trip, I printed a new business card and I turned my title because I had my own company. I could be whatever I wanted. I became um, co-founder and keeper of Calm. Excellent. And I would hand these business cards. So I told everybody in the, in the office, like, guys, I don't know how this is going to work. I said, but I'm going to try something. I am now, I am now the keeper of calm. Any problems that you have, any things that are going on, any bad news you have, bring it to me. And I promise I will, I will think about it. I will work with you to figure it out. I will not, you know, get angry. I will not
1: overreact. Was this a, what was that a persona for you in the office prior? Or if something's going down, you're freaking out, getting angry or, um, like, was this a shock to the people that were hearing no, it? it? Okay. Wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't, I mean, you'd have to ask them, but
0: I wasn't the tyrant. Okay. Um, and I won't cast any, uh, I won't cast any stuff. Right. We're talking about else, you, not other right? people. I, I don't know that I, I don't know that I was a tyrant, but I was still pretty much a control freak. Okay. And I would steamroll things and do a number of things at that point. But it was also at home. Um, At home, I was... Um, I, I, I'm sure I overreacted. I, I came from, again, remember I came from a long line of verbal abusers. Yeah. It wasn't just my it dad. Sticks it, with was, you. it was his dad and his dad. I mean, there was a moment when I realized I was being kind of a lousy dad early on. And, okay. and that was the, that was long before Keeper of Calm. But I would hand people these business cards and there were two types of people. There were the type of people that glance the card, tuck it in their pocket, shake my hand, nice to meet you and move on. And then the other kind of people that would look at the card They'd make a face of some sort, like, hmm. And then, of course, they'd ask the question, tell me yeah. more about this Keeper this of mean? Calm yeah. thing. And so I, I, I told Jim, I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try something for six months. I'm going to tell people I'm the Keeper of Calm, and we'll see what happens. Because if I tell everybody I'm Keeper of Calm and I'm not, they're going to call me out on it. Yeah, it's a point of accountability for sure. They're going to yeah, say, yeah. hey, you're you're not being Keeper of Calm right now. What's going on there, man? And within six months, I was. That's awesome. At work, at home, um, with friends. I just became more, like, magically just became more chill. Okay. And was willing to kind of just say yes and go with whatever for a lot more things than I'd ever imagined. Yeah, yeah, It got me to say yes to things I would maybe blow off. Fair enough. So I go all the way back to that time Jim said, you know, you look at somebody for a couple minutes and decide whether they're of any value to you or not. Flash forward, you know, a couple decades... And now I'm the guy who's calm, who's slowed things down, who's taking the time to think things through, who's not making rash decisions, who's letting his kids bring in bad news and not punishing them on the spot for their bad news. Yeah. But rather, like, let's figure this out. And what I learned was, by the way, is the punishment
1: from the bad news is usually baked into the bad news. You don't have to make one up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a dad, totally relate to that for sure is... You already know that personal thing of reflecting on whatever the bad news is you're bringing to a parent or whatever. You, you've you already torn yourself up about it enough yeah. for sure. So you made a statement earlier. Uh, you realized as a lousy dad and then kind of talking about bringing allowing the kids to bring the bad news and not punishing them on the spot kind of thing. Are those two related? What is yeah, that? It's all it, as I'm sure you can imagine, all of this kind of
0: weaves together to, to define kind of how I evolved as a person. Okay. Um, the self-awareness that's kind of come about, it's been accelerated through, like I mentioned, the work that we do. Yeah. Um, just because it's there's been a quickening where I've done a lot of this work in a short period of time, and you've got a lot of things to compare against. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for me, um, there was a moment when my oldest was maybe 9 or 10 years old, taken to the Little League. He's a lefty. We get all the way to the fields, like the, the exit – out in Chesterfield where you turn to go to the ball fields. Right. And at the time, that was, you know, a pretty good drive from our house, maybe 20 minutes. And he announces he's lost, his, he forgot his ball, his
1: ball glove. That's a problem. No, I, I told you he's a lefty. Yeah. So when you're a lefty and you forget your glove. There's not, not much of a chance. There is a chance, but not much of a chance you're borrowing on from somebody. Exactly. Yeah. And I just unload on him.
0: You know, I can't believe it. This is the third time. I mean, I'm, and I'm, I'm screaming. Yeah. Been there. And I, I'm, and he's in the back seat. And, you know, the tears are starting to well up and you, yeah. you know, I, I, got him, you know, he's, 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 he getting made a, your point. he's getting the wrath. Yeah. And I look in the rear view mirror and I see myself and I see my dad.
1: Yeah. it's a crazy moment.
0: Right. And I'm like, and I just stopped. I the, just, I was in the full middle of full blow, you know, I'm so mad at you and now you're going to miss this and now you're going to miss that. And I just stopped and I'm like, I, I'm so sorry let's go back and get your glove you know you'll play whatever part of the game you're gonna play you know it'll be fine yeah and that it, it was like it snapped and I don't know I can't I can't chart for you the timing of all the different things that are here I don't right. remember what happened before what it just to me it's a blur yeah it's all history um but that combined with keeper of calm combined with lessons from Jim and Alan and others it, it just it it resonated it it became who I wanted to be for a number of people, including myself.
1: Yeah, it's funny what you just described is really the meaning for Find the Story in and of itself is um, you we all have a whole bunch of little independent stories, but they combine into a bigger story. And that's who we are today and how we become who we are to kind of go the spiritual route is that's what I love about Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, whatever it is. The Old Testament has an arc to it mm-hmm. that all of these individual stories are pointing towards something else god ordained that writing and in, in the the writing of scripture there is a story and a purpose and a vision for all of those individual things about you know moses and abraham and samson and all of those individual people point to uh, a, another bigger story so we all have that in our lives and that's what I find the story is is Find the story in the middle of all the stories. Yeah, anyway, that's cool. So I appreciate that. So we talked about being you—you uh, you kind of realizing as as a lousy dad, connecting that to um, you know the keeper of calm. Now, as you look at life, what are the things? What motivates you today? What drives you? What's your purpose, passion in life?
0: Um, that's a good question. Um, I f- I feel like. I'm on a path to continue to get better at this.
1: This being.
0: Whatever this, whatever this is, whatever this journey I'm on. Yeah. Whatever whatever this journey we're on. um, I, I want every, I want to be able to look back on every year and be able to say this year is better than the last one. And this year is better than the last one for whatever that means. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I mean, as far as like what keeps me busy and what I focus on and where I put my energy, um, I, something something I did a while back kind of struck a chord with me and I turned it into something which I've been told many times I should probably turn it into something more like formal. Um, but there's a, like a life balance. There's always these life balance things you hear about and people write books and you're, you, I mean, other podcasts probably are all about life balance. Um, but I came up with a thing called the five F's. Okay. They're the five things that if you do any one of them holistically, you become another F, which is a fanatic. Okay. Or yeah. Yeah. Another yeah. F's. I don't know. So yep. it's, this is a family friendly
1: podcast, by the way.
0: I know I, I will make sure. So, <laughs> so you know me so well. Right. So, um, these are the five things if you put them in balance and if ever you're feeling kind of out of sorts, it's usually because one of the five things is out of balance. OK, so I'm going to write these
1: down. While so you're saying you've
0: that. got your friends and family okay. first. You've got y- your faith. Mm-hmm. You've got your finances. You've got your fitness. And then you've got that thing that you do with your spouse. So you, ha- you have to and you can you can imagine any one of those five if you're really laser focused on them you make it really good at something, but you've also let the other four potentially fall off or go.
1: Okay.
0: So whenever I'm feeling kind of like things aren't right, I'm, you know, I'm feeling a little anxiety or, you know, why is, why are things not going well? It's usually you can usually track it back to one of those five things. Mm-hmm. Like if 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 your personal finances are kind of in a in a low spot and you're feeling anxiety, it's probably a money thing. If that's going well, but you don't feel great, it's maybe because you haven't been going to the gym. And if everything's going great, but you're missing something, you realize, oh, I haven't been to church or I haven't been to synagogue in a while. I've lost my connection
1: with my faith. I mean, it, it just works. Yeah. I, so how do you look at those five things then, too? Because this is something I'm kind of in the process of studying a little bit, which is um, so we both work at Worldwide Technology as, as colleagues, and we have our mission statement to be the uh, to be a profitable growth company that's also a great place to work. And we talk about the three legs of the stool. You want to say that a little slower? These, see, if if that were the purpose of this i would spend more time there i like um, it almost yeah, sounded yeah. like the copy at the end of a yeah, car ad that's uh <laughs> put it this way so profit growth great place to work and we talk about three legs of the stool that are in balance with one another and i heard this fascinating statement from simon Sinek, uh a thinker hero of mine if you will mm-hmm. um along with many others but he said balance is the wrong analogy when it comes to work life mm-hmm. and so i'm Thinking about what other areas does that analogy work and not work? Because I think in our mission statement, profit, growth, great place to work, it makes sense because you sacrifice one for the other. Yeah, I think in your 5Fs, it's probably more along the lines of what Simon Sinek would say is all of them have to be at 100%. There is no balance. There, you're not giving one to give the other. Mm-hmm. Or um, when I would play Gran Turismo on the PS2, and when you're driving, you have to sacrifice some braking for turning or whatever that might be. There's a capacity there. And so when you look at the five F's, what, what are you, is it balance? Is it, they all have to be at a hundred percent. Um, to me, it's just the basics. I think we,
0: we as humans can overcomplicate things when we get up in our own heads. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just a, it's a simple mnemonic. It's the, it's a basic thing for me to always go back to if I'm if I'm at that moment, that quiet moment when you're in your car standing in the shower right before you get out of bed and you're you're being introspective or you're thinking about something and you decide for that moment in your mind that you need to do something better. Mm-hmm. What You're doing you're you've you've let your foot off the gas of something and you just need to be better. I mean, we're at the beginning of a year. This is the time of resolutions and micro
1: resolutions and whatever we're going to And talk about. The, the new trend, which is a word. You come up with a word or phrase for the year not a big commitment, but it's a theme. You know, it's a rallying cry. Yeah. No, I
0: I actually did that last year. The, what was the? There's a. Is there a book called The Year of Yes or something or something like that? Yeah. So I didn't read the book. I just saw the title and thought, yeah, I'm going to do that. Right. So I totally. You know, sorry I didn't pay the author for the idea. But, <laughs> um, I spent the last year saying yes to just about everything, and it was a pretty cool year.
1: Yeah. What did that? How did that turn out? Like now that you reflect on that year, and it was pretty cool. What does that mean? What Would you learn from it? I need to keep doing it. It's working. Okay. It's um the so the marital advice that I give
0: people. By the way, I have one thing. I, it's like my Let's universal. It. It's good for weddings. It's good for anniversaries. It's just good when someone says I'm having a hard time.
1: All right, so you're toasting somebody at their wedding. What are you saying?
0: Well, I probably wouldn't necessarily go to this, but I would say <laughs> my my advice to you as an old married guy is always do the thing that might take as little as five minutes, then have the one hour conversation for why you wouldn't. Gotcha.
1: Just say yes. Yeah. It's, it's an easy response and whatever the, the outcome of that is may take effort, time, but the, the deliberation of figuring it out and like weighing all the possibilities.
0: Yeah. Imagine the delight, you know, when someone comes to you, they've taken the time to come to you, by the way, although, or they've just they fired an email at 20 people and asked, can any of you say yes? Right. right. But when someone actually comes to you specifically and asks you for something, even if it's small, I'm not talking about, Hey, can I borrow $10,000? Yeah. Um, right. Maybe right. I wouldn't say yes to that. Right there's away. within reason for sure. <laughs> um, Cause there's all, you can always, you can take something the wrong way, but when someone has actually gotten up the nerve, however, what it took for them to do to say, I need something or want something or need your help. What a delight when that person just says, absolutely.
1: Yeah. I'll help you with that. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll do that. You can count on me. So let's hang out. Let's come back to kind of present reality and current job, you are a business innovation consultant at Worldwide. What is the next step in that? What is what does the future look like? What do you want to be doing five, 10 years from now? Well, so I've already told you that, like, I love the work that I do. It's making
0: me a better person. I want to do more of it. Uh, you know, I, I can always do more. I feel like I've got the capacity to do more than I, I currently do. So I have started to get outside of worldwide and to start to volunteer more, start mm-hmm. to use my skills um, elsewhere. Um, so, I mean, I think over time that might look like a transition of at some point, maybe I, you know, it could be ten years from now, I don't know, where I am still doing the same type of work, where I am helping people with difficult conversations, in some capacity it could be facilitating you know strategy sessions board meetings mm-hmm. whatever it is any anywhere a group of people or a large group small group get to get in together to get something done mm-hmm. in the not for profit space small and medium business um, working with you know teens whatever it is um, um, i am teaching some of the practice i've built a five modules of consulting and i'm currently teaching it to a group of kids at empower which wow. is uh, something that worldwide has invested in heavily. Basically, it's kids 18 to 25 who are going after a cybersecurity career. Okay. That's where it starts. I think there's more going to happen with NPower, but NPower is a national entity in multiple cities. And um, I've just started kind of getting back into trying to be more of a mentor to others. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had an opportunity to mentor other startups, You know, try to help them learn from the lessons that I learned, um, yep. So I've done a fair amount of that. So to me, any combination of those things that fills my hours and days, along with a healthy dose of standing at the barbecue, smoking meats, that kind of thing, yep. That that sounds like a good future. So the cool thing is I'm already doing it. Yeah, I'm already doing what I want to do for a really long time. It's just I think what will change is who I do it with and for.
1: Yeah, a little bit of nuance to kind of as as that evolves and grows. Yeah, maybe that's awesome. It'll be, yeah. be less
0: about the money over time, hopefully, and yeah. more about the who and the what, not the how much.
1: And, and I there's much respect for what what you talked about there in specifically thinking about nonprofits, thinking about things like empowering and giving to kids and 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 those cuz in power is is about um uh underprivileged too and so it's it's a community of people who may not have the opportunity to hear the type of things that that you're able to offer them through that so um as opposed to um parlay this into a, you know more money more more this more yeah. that that there's a there's a give back aspect to that yeah thank you yeah as we as we kind of wrap things up a little bit one of the things that, as you are the first episode that is not me, I was always a really big fan of Inside the Actor Studio mm-hmm. with James Lipton. Yeah, and he used the ten prose questions that he had uh, he consolidated from the prose questions, and then I can't pronounce the French guy's name that did it on on another show. But um, here we go: a couple right. of ten rapid fire questions for you. Um, we'll see where this lands and, and how this goes in the future, but. What is your favorite word or phrase? Collaborate. Stop. Collaborate and listen. Exactly. That's dating myself again. Yep. What is your least favorite word or phrase? It is what it is. Okay, hold on. We got to stay there for a second. It what do you what do you mean? It is what it is. I cannot stand when someone uses like like if something horrible is
0: happening, mm-hmm. someone would be like, oh, you know, it is what it is. It's like, no, it's not. Yeah, you could yeah, do
1: something about we just, it. We just got to accept it. <laughs> accept it. And move on. What it's just trait? Lazy. <laughs> yeah. What trait do you admire most in others? Um, to be repetitive, I would say patience and calm. Okay.
0: Um, I've always respected that person in the room who remains calm for a, most part of a meeting or a discussion, and then when it's their turn to make their point, everyone listens because they've thought through. They're ready to share this nugget of wisdom. And it's heard. Yeah.
1: So patience and calm is something I'm obviously, know, I'm always on a track to do more of. What trait do you most despise, deplore, dislike in others? Um, People who don't do what they say they're going to do. What talent would you most like to have? Um, I would like to be as good a guitar player as my son, Ben. As your son, Ben. Let's gush on Ben a little bit. Um, I, I hear a lot about Ben. So he and I took lessons at the same time when he was like, I
0: don't know, 12. He'd been playing piano and other instruments. And I grew up playing violin for 16 years. And so I was taking him to guitar lessons. And I'm like, I can sit here for an hour while he has a lesson or however long it was. Why don't I just take a lesson? And so I started taking lessons when he did. And I couldn't keep up with the practice time. Work was getting busy. Of course, Of course, I blew it off. But he went on. Yeah. And he's fantastic. He's been in bands. He's in a band. He records. He's on Spotify. He, he's in the recording studio. I mean, he's working in cybersecurity. Yeah. Interesting tie in, by the way. He's He works for RSA in Kansas City for Dell, which he just started doing. He graduated college. But he still plays regularly. Yeah.
1: Now, we gush on Ben. Let's gush on Adam a little bit, too. What's he up to?
0: Um, Adam is a junior at Mizzou. He's in sports management path, and he... He he's very enamored with all things sports. He, he's huge huge statistician and knows everybody and everything and all the venues. And he's a you know huge encyclopedia of knowledge around sports. He will he will find a great career somehow attached to the sports community.
1: Agency, broadcasting, something along it, those it doesn't lines. Matter, any of it. Yeah. He's done
0: video work. He's run boards. He's awesome. He's a, got a good marketing mind. He's quick on puns. He may find himself in advertising and marketing, which wouldn't be that a bad idea either. Yeah.
1: All, all right. He's got, awesome. He's multi-talented. Um, all right. Moving on through the questions. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Um, I would like to be a DJ. Like a wiki wiki Scratch DJ? Totally, yeah. Okay.
0: I um, I get to be a DJ when I teach spin because I do these mixed classes and all that. Yeah. I do it in advance, like a DJ track. Um, I think I may have missed my calling.
1: Nice. Although if Shaq can be a DJ. Yeah. Why not? Just but, go grab a couple you know, two turntables and a microphone yeah, and you're. I, I
0: don't know if middle aged white DJ kind of rings as much
1: as, say, Shaq the DJ. Have you been to a wedding recently? <laughs> oh <laughs> Those yeah. are the guys that are, you know, I don't want to be, be a great guy. wedding DJ. Uh, you're probably not out awful. there with DJ Greasy at Sub-Zero on Thursday nights or anything like that. No, it's or, not going to happen. Yeah. I, I can I can dream a little. You yeah. <laughs> know, um that's me not showing my beatboxing skills no, by the good. way uh what profession would you least like to do
0: um either uh accounting or beef processing beef processing like in a like, meat yeah plant yeah plant. Is, are you vegan? Or being or being an accountant at a meat processing plant that would be the worst i
1: yeah that i'm certain the the accountant probably doesn't have to go out on the floor but maybe they do There's probably a witness you know why somewhere, not yeah you know, there you're probably been. right yeah yeah that, uh, you, you vegan, vegetarian or anything? Is this no, just I because like, like... I like beef. I just don't yeah. want to know anything about how it's processed. I like you just it. It want to smoke me. it and
0: eat it? That's yeah, It would totally yeah. ruin me if I saw... And I know, I mean, I, I refuse to watch the documentaries. Sorry to my vegan and vegetarian friends. Right. Um, I, I'll make you something on the grill, I
1: promise. And, but, it, you know, for me, it's, it's brisket. It's all about the brisket. Love, love. That was actually the first thing that I ever put on the smoker was a brisket and it's the most difficult thing to do as well. Yep. And it was probably the best thing I've ever, I've ever made. But when you get it, it right, like the, it's
0: magic. Yeah. That was my first
1: it. attempt and my most successful sense. Cause now I like have the confidence and I try to experiment a little mm-hmm. and it never goes well. Wow, see,
0: that's, so that's, I, I enjoy tinkering. That's, that's yeah. definitely.
1: A Which goes back I mean, yeah. I mean, we talked about the, the Schoenberg trait of tinkering. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your greatest fear? Snakes. That was a quick answer. Oh, snakes. You're in the wrong territory for I know, that. Like, I, I, I need to get out of here. <laughs> luck, luckily, we have that's a cat city. or cats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who to you, we talked a little bit about your faith. Who is God? Um, it's either uh, Morgan Freeman or
0: George Burns, depending on how old you are. Good answer. Um, Good answer. That's the funny answer. The serious answer yeah, is, yeah. I mean, we can kind of get into a little bit of Old Testament, New Testament. Um, and the nice thing about, so the nice thing about being Jewish, I mean, This because there are so many the reason there's so many rabbis is there needs to be like that many opinions about and and introspection
1: on Old Testament. It's not just a Jewish trait that any faith you are part of. There are many, many opinions. And and I'll probably be wrong. Someone will
0: will absolutely be able to count me wrong and cite the verse and passage why I'm wrong, which is cool. Please do. But (laughs) we're all on a journey. I, I I what resonated with me was this concept of. Um, and, and I think, like I said, I'm really going to ruin this cause I'm not that learned, but, um, I don't know that we can, or allowed to, or can know God. Okay. It's almost like a, it kind of like, you know, Charlton Heston goes up on the mountain and he comes back and his hair is all white. Right. Right. So it's like one of those, like, if you are touched by God, it's, it's going to change you and it might kill you. Um, and so i i believe that there's you know it's it's either god as father god as teacher god as you know judge you know all those kind of images of god um so i i just don't think that we're we're allowed to have a relationship
1: we're going to move on we could we could spend a while there yeah because of uh but that's not what this podcast is for this podcast is to hear from you so um and i say that not that you are wrong i say that um, oh, I'm totally because wrong. you are, there's no, because, <laughs> because, uh, it's, you chose the word relationship, I think very intentionally. I did. And for, for me, that is the point of faith is a relationship. And so, um, it's, uh, there's a lot of discussion, a lot of discovery in that, but it is interesting as to hear as a Jewish faith and the Jewish traditions within that of, of my, who God is and what that looks like. Yeah. I, I
0: If I if I could add one more thing just to put closure on it, not that we need to stop talking no, about yeah, this, yeah. but I feel like there's a little bit more information. I left that hang there. Um, I believe that the relationships that you create with other people who are on this earth mm-hmm. in those relationships and in those moments and in the things that you choose to do and how you respond and all of that, that is the closest to God you can be. okay is how you're gonna interact with other people in those moments, yeah th- that matter. Okay? That's to me the closest you can get to God is when you're when you interact with another person
1: with him in mind. Yeah, of course H- of course. Yeah. yeah. So we, along those same lines then, because as we talk about moments here on Earth, um, our, our time on Earth is short, relatively speaking. So if if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I've got kind of a funny answer. I just have this image in go, my go yeah go with I have this the funny image answer. in my mind. You know, you, you saloon doors open. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so he's he's an old timey western bartender. Totally. Okay. It, it, it's it's definitely it's gun smoke. You know, it's it's. Yep. Yeah. You're backlit by the dusty sun.
0: And you can almost hear the piano like, tinkling, and he's yep, like, yep. And he says, oh, thank me you're here. <laughs> <laughs> thank me. Yeah. OK. And it, and then he goes on to say, we need a seventh for poker. Come on over. We thought you'd never make it.
1: Nice. And so then your spurs sit around clink across the floor. Poker with God. Yeah. That sounds like a fun time. I'm drinking really good whiskey. I don't know. Yeah. I'm- he probably does. He has the good stuff, I'm sure. Why wouldn't he? Yeah, obviously. Looking back then, as as you've had that journey through career and family and, and growing up with your brothers, what advice would you give to twenty twenty year old you? Wow. Well, see, this is to me, this question is like the
0: perfect recap of this entire conversation. Okay. So in this case, it's 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 a magical question, which is um, slow down, hmm. enjoy the now,
1: okay.
0: Um, stop trying to prove something to someone else. You don't have you don't need to prove anything. Just be present
1: in that moment yeah so yeah that's good thank you so much for spending time with me with us thank you for exploring yeah that uh there is a a a lot of follow-up to the conversation and i can't wait to spend a little more time diving in sounds great appreciate it thanks lance thanks david so thanks for listening and thank you to mf bolton for the soundtrack to find the story i'm your host lance leonard and i'll see you next week